0: Hi and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centred, Word-based and Spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonholm and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of John, chapter 12, verse 1. Who's got their Bibles tonight? Who can tell me what the word Bible means? Books. It's a Greek word, means books. Turn in your Bible to the Gospel of John, chapter 12. And we are going to read from verse 1. Brock, is that you up back there? Looking handsome. John, chapter 12, verse 1. Are you ready? Pray for my throat, needs healing. Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany. Where Lazarus Lazarus was, who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. I read the New King James Version, so it's, you know. (laughs) Then they made him a supper and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil, spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him said, why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii? Those of you who read the NIV, it'll say a year's worth of wages and given to the poor. This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief, and had a money box and he used uh, to take or used to take what was put in it, he's a stealer. But Jesus said, let her alone, leave her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. For the poor you have with you always, but me you do not have always. So Father, thank you tonight for your word speak to us in Jesus' name. May the Scriptures come alive in our hearts, open to us, revelation, we pray. We ask it in Jesus' mighty name. My daughter Tori right now is currently in London. Uh, She's 20 years of age. Can you believe that? She's with her nana in London because her nana made a promise to her from the time she was two years of age that when she would turn 18, she would take her on a tour to Europe. Let's give it up for all the nanas. <laughs> and so because of COVID, of course, slowed it down a little bit. And so they finally have made it. And tomorrow they go to Paris, uh, which is going to be very, very cool. But I was thinking this morning about the journey with my daughter, Tori. I, I love my daughter, Tori. I love my son, Wade. They're, they're good kids. Uh, Tori, just as really not given us any trouble whatsoever and we're just very thankful to God for her. But I remember when she was a little girl that she, Tori's a sharp thinker and she would figure out ways of how to get chocolate out of me because I had a routine as a dad and I did this for about 15 years, literally, that every Thursday was smarty day. And every Thursday I'd buy Wade and Tori the little box of Smarties. So Tori figured out, I like chocolate. (laughs) And I'm gonna figure out how to get more chocolate. So we would be at the shops and she would come up with a chocolate and she would say, Dad, I really think you would like this chocolate. (laughs) In other words, that if you get it, (laughs) I'm getting a piece as well. One of the things that Jesus has the ability to to do is he has the ability to really read what's going on in a situation. And the passage that we've read tonight helps us to go beyond the surface of something that's been said and it actually helps us to be able to see deep down into the heart of humanity it was coming near to the end of Jesus's life on earth where he would about to be crucified Jesus knew that his time was up and it took the highest courage for him to do what he did by moving slowly but surely back towards Jerusalem and in fact you'll see in the previous chapter of John chapter 11 The chief priests and the Pharisees and scribes, they made a decision that uh, it actually says if anyone knew where Jesus was, they were to report it so that they could arrest him. So Jesus comes towards Bethany. And in this experience in Bethany, there's this most phenomenal moment that actually happens, which really this story will be told for eternity. There's this amazing contrast that's actually taking place. On one side, you've got these religious leaders who are trying to kill Jesus, who are trying to find Jesus. He's public enemy number one, 1-800, find Jesus. But then on the other side, you've got a dinner party that's going on with a group of people who the Bible says in John chapter 12 verse two, here a dinner was given in, watch this, Jesus honour. So on one side of the equation, come on, stay with me now, you've got some people who are trying to capture Jesus, trying to kill Jesus, trying to seize Jesus. But on this side, you've got a dinner party that's going on with a group of people who honour the presence of Jesus Christ. Until Jesus returns, That'll always be how society will be. There will be those on one side who want to seize Jesus, who want to arrest Jesus, who want to limit the influence of Jesus. But then there are those who know that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is in our presence, and we're going to have a dinner party to host Jesus. Now, Bible tells us at this dinner party, who likes dinner parties by the way? There's a couple of people and at this dinner party you've got a handful of people, of course you've got Lazarus, you've got Mary, you've got Martha, you've got the 12 disciples and at this dinner party it's an opportunity for them to show their love and their gratitude for Jesus and so what happens is, is that at the end of the dinner party, Mary does something that completely changes what is just the hangout dinner party with Jesus. Now, the conversation would have been an amazing conversation because it was just weeks prior that Lazarus had actually been raised from the dead, and so remembering that Lazarus was dead for four days. So that was a really good dinner party to ask Lazarus, what happened? (laughs) And all of a sudden, there's a lady by the name of Mary, a worshipper, who in fact, when her name is mentioned, don't get confused, because there's a couple of Marys, but this particular Mary, that on three occasions when her name is mentioned, on all three occasions, you find her at the feet of Jesus. And in Luke chapter 10, she's at the feet of Jesus. Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42, for those of you who are taking notes, she's listening to the Word. In John chapter 11, verse 28 to 32, she falls at the feet of Jesus because she's in sorrow because her brother Lazarus had died. And now something extravagant happens where Mary, in the middle of this dinner party, gets the most expensive bottle of perfume. She comes and she pours it on the feet of Jesus Christ and begins to wipe His feet with her hair. I know of only one person that this has actually ever happened to. Pastor Andrew Evans went to preach in India When he went to preach in India, he was actually born over there. He is the son of missionary parents. And in the preaching of the Gospel, there was this whole village that that came to Christ. He was a little boy. And it was about 50 years later that he went back to the same village. He comes to the village to preach. And a lady takes out a bottle of perfume pours it on his feet and begins to wipe his feet with her, with her hair. Pastor Andrew begins to move away, embarrassed by the situation. This can only ever happen to Jesus. And the Holy Spirit speaks to him and says, stop, she's not doing it unto you. She's actually doing it unto me. And this Indian lady, this poor Indian lady, over and over, as she wiped Pastor Andrew's feet with her hair, she said, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. This lady, this fragrance, this perfume that she poured out, the Bible tells us in John chapter 12, verse 3, that the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. Our generosity, and when we give, and our vision offering, whether you're a teenager, a young adult, a university student, mums and dads, single adults, whatever we are, our generosity, if it's brought to Jesus, there is a fragrance that fills the house. But this fragrance is unlike any other fragrance. You can't go to Chemist Warehouse and buy it. Neither can you go to Meyer or David Jones and buy this fragrance. This fragrance is so sacred. This fragrance is so precious. This fragrance is so potent. It's so powerful that there's no perfumer on the earth that could gather ingredients to compile or compose the beauty of this fragrance. This fragrance is a sacred moment between you and your Saviour. Our prayer tonight and our prayer over the course of this day, that the expression of our heart, this expression of extravagance, just like this Lady Mary, that it would leave No doubt, no doubt that Jesus Christ is our focus. He's our desire. He's our attention. He is the one that we desire and we bring an offering unto Him. I want to ask a question though. Why is it that this lady could demonstrate such extravagant passion. I mean, when you think about it, the Bible tells us that she gave really a, a bottle of perfume that she poured on the feet of Jesus was equivalent to a year's worth of wages. I don't know too many people who give <laughs> a year's worth of wages. That, that's a lot of money. Whether you earn $5,000 or $500,000, It's not about equal giving, it's about equal sacrifice, but whatever the value of that perfume was, this lady gave her absolute best and the question that we have to ask ourselves is, why is it, why is it that she was able to do something like that, that in the natural would seem like, okay, that's kind of pushing a little bit extreme Christianity. (laughs) Well, The answer is actually found in the way Judas actually responds. And we actually get to see why she actually did what she did. Now, Judas was one of Jesus' 12 disciples and of course uh, he was a thief, he sold out Jesus, uh, sold him for 30 pieces of silver and uh, behind the scenes this brother was up to no good. In John chapter 12 verse four, tells us, but one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, now watch what Judas does. So this lady, she's poured out this perfume on the feet of Jesus. She's wiping Jesus' feet with her hair. And and Judas, he asked the question, he says, why was this fragrant oil not sold uh, for, for 300 denarii, a year's worth of wages? And watch this, he says, and it should have been given to the poor. Now, really what he's doing is it's a smokescreen. <laughs> it's a smokescreen because there's no evidence that Judas ever gave to the poor. His objection was actually a smokescreen to cover his selfishness and greed. But there is something that Judas got right. There is something that Judas actually understood. And that is he knew the value of the perfume. He knew, come on, he knew how expensive it was and Judas had an ability like some people you know who can look at something, look at a piece of property, look at a car, look at a business, look at a block of land and immediately they can estimate the value of it. Judas straight away knew the value of what was given to Jesus and he accurately estimated the value of it, come on, watch this, without hesitation. He knew straight away how much. Now me, I would have been like, did she buy that from Chemist Warehouse for (laughs) $89.99? That would have been the extent of my knowledge. But Judas, he knew, why was this thing not sold? This is a, come on, watch this, a year's worth of, come on, he knew, he knew how much it cost. Come on, stay with me now. Now, Judas accurately estimated the value of the perfume. But watch this this is the issue. This is the problem. He took the value of the perfume, come on now, and he matched it up to Jesus. And he said, the value of this is more important, come on, than that. I could have the keyboard player, that'd be great. But Mary though, Mary, come on, Mary, she knew the cost of this. Come on now, stay with me now. She knew the cost of this, but watch this. She said the value of Him, the value of Jesus, the value of Jesus. She knew, come on Mary, she knew that the one who was in the room, was far greater value than the cost of the perfume. Why do we give? Why do we so generously? Why do we give of our best? Why? Because the value of the one who is in the room is far greater than the value of the perfume. His name is Jesus. Because you see, Jesus, Jesus, He paid a price. He paid a price that the value of the perfume, you can't can't even put the two together. It's like buying a 1979 old dodgy car (laughs) for 200 bucks, comparing it to a half a million dollar Ferrari and saying, do do the two match? I'm telling you, this one's better. It's better. Jesus, when He paid the price, He forgave you of all your sin for eternity. When Jesus paid the price, He thought of you. When Jesus paid the price, you forever, watch this, the the generational line in your life, come on, has been changed forever. Some of you, you come from generational lines where there's been abuse, sexual abuse, alcoholism, greed, selfishness, swearing, uh, all kinds of you know, sexual things going on. But when Jesus came, when Jesus came, when Jesus came, that thing broke. Because the Bible says, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. And Jesus took the curse that was on your generational line and He took it upon Himself and at the cross, it finished. So whether you have parents or grandparents or aunties and uncles, where there's all kinds of things, when Jesus came, when Jesus came, when Jesus came, it broke. In my family, my history is there's alcohol abuse. I remember as a little boy, I, I was eight years of age when my family moved to Australia. And uh, I still can remember going to these South African functions and it was like on like Donkey Kong. <laughs> uh, people drinking and, and, and when I became a teenager and I don't know how to explain it, I, I had a craving for alcohol. And I don't know why, it's not like I'd walk past the bottle shop and say, that's the best sign I've ever seen. But there was this inward craving for something. It was a generational line. But when Jesus came, when Jesus came, when Jesus came, when Jesus entered my life, that was my past. When I was about Eight years of age, my dad used to buy, you know those little bottles of scotch? You know those small ones, you know? Some of you are like, I don't know what you're talking about, Pastor Brad. You <laughs> all look like, no idea. <laughs> that was Eve's money. It wasn't a trick question. <laughs> this craving in me, I was like nine. I used to steal them. And all the ones that were white, (laughs) guess what I used to do? I'd like scull them and then I'd fill them up with tap water. So my dad never knew. (laughs) Remember Mainstay? (laughs) Carl's like, come on Carl, So South African. I used to steal those things, man. (laughs) But when Jesus came, when Jesus set me free, This act of love and worship that Mary poured on the feet of Jesus, it was public. It was spontaneous. It was sacrificial. It was lavish. It was personal. And she was unembarrassed. Why? Because the value of the One that was in the room far exceeded the cost. Come on, far exceeded the cost of the perfume. You're doing okay tonight? Yeah. Matthew chapter 26, verse 8 says, The disciples were outraged when they saw this. Are these, these are supposed to be brothers supporting Jesus, and the Bible says they were outraged. This is Matthew's gospel, which is giving a different. So it wasn't just Judas, it was the disciples. They were outraged when they saw this. Look at what they said, they missed it. What? A waste. What did they do? They underestimated the value of the one who was in the room. Jesus replied in John chapter 12, verse 7 Leave her alone. Those words echo through the generations. When you come to give, when you come to sow, and all kinds of accusations come. Jesus says, leave her alone. Come on Brad, preach now. The disciples went to one extreme in blaming. Jesus went to the extreme or the other extreme in praising. How did He do that? Mark chapter 14, verse nine, I tell you the truth, wherever this good news is preached throughout the whole world, this woman's deed will be remembered, watch this, and discussed. (laughs) We're doing it tonight, 2,000 years later. Even today, the single act of devotion she demonstrated in the small village of Bethany continues to create waves of blessings. Can generosity, can extravagant love, you heard Talia share it, The offering tonight, it it affects generations. It affects our children. It affects our children's children's children. It it has an impact on the future. Watch this, Hadid now has actually become the possession, stay with me now, of the whole world. Hadid, come on, some of you missed that. Her deed has become the possession of the whole world. Did she ever expect in her wildest dreams that her act of love would be told down through the ages? Not really. She had one heart, one mind, one focus, and that is Jesus. But God took that He used it for His glory and the fragrance filled the house. Many kings and rulers have come and gone. Their great acts have faded from the memories of men. But what this woman did for Jesus is still told today around the world as a memorial to her. Our generosity not only changes our lives but it changes generations to come and whatever you give whatever's in your heart to sow we remember this one thing one thing and that is the one who is in the room is of far more value than what I can give hence why she was able to break open a bottle of perfume, a year's worth of wages. Now, this is not a subliminal message to say, that's what you should give. We're just citing a biblical example of what happened. You need to hear from God for yourself. (laughs) But what we are saying is that our heart and our commitment towards generosity is because we've made an accurate estimation. And the estimation is, Jesus, you are worth so much more. And like Mary, I fall at your feet and I worship you. I worship you. Come, users and singers, I worship you. I worship you. I worship you. I worship you. The Father in heaven, we honour you tonight. We honour you. Oh, Jesus. We honour You, Saviour of the world, King of kings, Lord of lords, Prince of peace, mighty God, everlasting Father. You are wonderful, You are counsellor. We declare Your Name. Jesus, we ask You tonight that as we come before You, as we prepare to give, we pray tonight that Lord, that You would take this as an extravagant act Of worship. We pray and ask for that in Jesus' wonderful name. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.